before we start, I'm going to try to move from a, uh, from the weekly episodes to more of a, a semi-weekly. So maybe I'll release episodes once a week, or if not, then at the latest it'll be twice a week, uh, uh, once every two weeks. With that done, Eric, I want to talk to you about the Martian atmosphere. Okay. No, no, oh, no, stay with me. This is going to sound really boring. If we, But if we want to say terraform Mars and actually be able to live there, making a breathable atmosphere is a pretty important thing. I would say so. I do enjoy breathing. Let's talk a bit about the physics that makes terraforming the red planet difficult. Pretty much the one problem that I'm going to state here isn't related to technology in any way. If it was some kind of technological thing like, oh, we're just too primitive, that can be solved with time and you know, dedication. We have the technology. Or the means to get a technology in a future, in the future. We almost have the technology. The problems I'm going to lay out here are physics-based problems, and there's no real way to get around it. But when I hear about terraforming Mars, I don't hear about this, you know, the, the physics problem about it. I always hear about, oh, if we do it, you know, uh, Earth has another colony that it can send to, so, you know, all our eggs aren't in one basket. We could still have a breathable atmosphere if we terraform. That's not the whole story, and I guess I want to talk about why. Hey, I watched Gundam. I've seen interplanetary and space colony civil wars. There's a lot more to talk about. So first of all, biggest problem that every all of this is based around, at least this entire episode, is that Mars does not have a magnetic field like the Earth does. We talked about the Earth's magnetic field a few times. The idea is this magnetic field protects us from things like solar radiation, and we, we talked about it briefly in the Carrington episode. I don't, I don't think you were on that one. But I told you about the story, didn't I? No, I don't think I was on that episode. Carrington doesn't ring a bell, but we have talked about these weird pockets of radiation that exist between the magnetic field and the aurora borealis and fun things like that. Yeah, the the Van Allen belts. But I, I guess to jog your memory, it's about the Carrington episode was about a solar flare that hit the Earth, and it was in the 1800s, so it made telegraph wires explode and stuff like that. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Not by name, but yes, I remember hearing about a point in history where the telegraph wires were so charged that they could just transmit on their own. It's like ghost signals. It's it's really neat. But basically the idea is the sun shoots out a lot of charged particles and radiation at the Earth. The only reason we don't see this affecting us very much is because the Earth's magnetic field protects us and we have an ozone layer. Mars does not have any of these. Oh, Okay, weird question, and I don't know if you were prepared for this. How would a compass work on Mars? Let me just see. Uh, okay, so Mars doesn't have an intrinsic global magnetic field. The compass might point towards the closest place where there's a magnetic pole. It might not even be in the geographic pole for Mars. So navigation would be a challenge in and of itself. I imagine so. Uh, but, I mean, we don't but, have a GPS you know, system on Mars yet. Yeah, we can make one. It only requires 24 satellites, as we talked about. God, can you imagine that? Two decades from now, just, oh yeah, all of Mars just has a GPS. You can go anywhere and know exactly where you are. All we need to do is send satellites up there. We're pretty good at sending satellites up there, and we just need to get them out to Mars, which is, you know, takes a few months. That's insane to think about. But that is entirely not out of the question. You can get Starlink up there. You just got to get oh. a big enough rocket. 
We talk about Starlink a lot because it causes a lot of problems for satellites. <laughs> but there's nothing to interfere with out there yet. Oh yeah, right. You can get the, you can get the rights to have everything in low Mars orbit, so you take up all the space, just like Starlink does now. <laughs> Starlink Prime. When it's your only source, it's your only source. So this problem of not having a magnetic field causes two problems because of it. One, because the solar wind will give people a high dose of radiation if they choose to stay on the surface of Mars. And the other is because Mars loses its atmosphere more quickly because of this non-existent magnetic field. Right, which is why I imagine in the foreseeable future no way of existing on Mars without a spacesuit. There, there have been talks about perhaps building these giant glass domes, which I feel like are just going to break yeah. at some point. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. It might be that in the future, colonists would dig underground, live underground in Mars. That would be viable. Oh, great. We turn into the space mole people. The idea here is... There's some radiation coming from the sun, and it hits a planet, its atmosphere. And it, and it has a chance to give that particle in the atmosphere enough energy to knock it out of the planet's gravity well. So it, uh, you know, some, some light comes in, it hits something, it goes to escape velocity, it's gone forever. Never to, never to come back. That analogy reminds me of the Chernobyl analogy of the radiation being a thousand bullets. That's exactly what that reminds me of. Little particle bullets hitting other particles and sending them flying. And since these are high up in the atmosphere, or just in the atmosphere in general, it's not like they have drag to pull, yeah. <laughs> pull it down or anything. So does that whole explanation make sense to you? So far, yes. So there's two ways that a planet can mitigate losing its atmosphere. And one of them is through having a magnetic field. And the other one is just being massive enough to pull that particle that's trying to escape back using its own gravity. So either you use electromagnetism or you're just really, really big. Yeah. Earth does both of this, so that's why our atmosphere is, you know, pretty stable. Are we considered large? Eh, large enough. Oh, okay. There, there's other larger worlds, but it's no Mars. <laughs> it's a great planet, but it's no Mars. And Mars loses out on both of these doesn't have a magnetic field to protect its atmosphere and it's not very massive it only has about 40 percent the gravity of earth so the idea that you can make a breathable atmosphere on mars it won't really last long term it'll lose that atmosphere in time and actually here's a graphic to give you some perspective my favorite part how much it loses or what it loses rather and I'll post this on our Twitter, so be sure to follow us at More Abstract. This shows all the planets in our solar system on a plot with their average temperature on the planet on the x-axis and the escape velocity on the y-axis, oh. which is essentially to tell you how big they are. So it, you can put a planet on this plot depending on how warm it is and how big it is. And it basically tells you if you're this massive or at this temperature, you can your atmosphere can sustain having these types of uh, molecules in it so for right. earth it can it can start losing small amounts of water vapor and methane because it's in a region where you can lose that but it won't likely lose heavier molecules like oxygen and nitrogen gas 
but it's not heavy enough that it will uh, be able to grasp on to uh, lighter elements like helium and hydrogen. You'd need to be a gas giant to right. be able to do that. Looking at the scale, exactly. So there's Mars, and then Mars at Earth's temperature. That's interesting. That, that's that's supposing that it, we're able to terraform it enough to warm it up to reasonable temperatures. But that still doesn't bring it to where its mass will trap in water vapor. Yep. That looks like It will a actually lose more oxygen and nitrogen gas because it's warmer. That sounds like a bigger problem. That, that is, that's a pretty big problem. So I suppose if we were to make an atmosphere on Mars... The molecules that would stay there would be things like carbon dioxide. Not really breathable. You know, maybe not the most hospitable. So to overcome the, the mass difference, Mars would need a much stronger magnetic field than we have, correct? Uh, you know, that I don't know. If it had an equally strong one, I think it would be able to hold on to a lot more of its atmosphere. Still not very much. Okay. Because it's so small. Can we just start crashing asteroids into it and build up the mass? We can, <laughs> if we have the technology. But then you have a thing like, if we already colonize Mars and we're like, okay, I guess this is the best we're going to get. People thinking like, let's try crash asteroids into it. I don't think that's, that's going to fly. Preemptive asteroid crashes, I don't know. But yeah, I can see why that's a problem either way. Who knows? We could do the same thing with the moon and just like uh, move it up on that plot, as you can we see. We could make a super moon. A Mars sized moon. That sounds very intimidating, actually. Think of it on the, on the night sky, it'll be massive. Tides would be huge. Accidental eclipses. Well, the eclipse happens every noon, and it lasts <laughs> for several hours. Uh, Have you seen what happens to um, roosters when there's a, a solar eclipse? Oh, yeah. They, they just go to bed because they think, you know, it's getting dark outside. I'm like, okay, I guess it's bedtime. It's daytime all of a sudden. They, all, they just go out cock-a-doodle-doo. The first person to witness that must have been like, what is going on right now? I guess it's tomorrow. It, two the, days the rooster said it was tomorrow. I better be getting paid double for this. For the atmosphere part. We, you could feasibly take some gas that you get from under the surface of Mars and start throwing it up into the atmosphere to eventually make it an atmosphere and just, just understand that, okay, yeah, we're going to be losing a lot of our molecules because, of it, and because it's so light and because there's no magnetic field. But if we just keep on pumping enough of it, we can sustain an atmosphere for however long the material lasts under Mars. Right. But that's all going to get blasted away, particle by particle, every second. It uh, it doesn't really feel like it would be a long-term solution. So anyway, I wanted to talk about this whole thing of uh, atoms or, or molecules staying in an atmosphere because it's not really one that I hear very often when hearing about terraforming Mars. Okay, after that, I do want to bring up something else that I'm seeing on this this graphic. This graphic makes it look like Venus is easier to terraform. Uh, I think it has an atmosphere with a lot of sulfur dioxide and carbon dioxide. And it's like, wait, let me just get the exact number. It has 95 times atmospheric pressure of Earth. So one atmosphere on Earth, 95 times that on Venus. It's really hot. And most of that atmosphere is not breathable. I, w I wish this graphic had a Z-axis. 
let's let's view it in 3D because that is not the impression I'm getting from this one. Yeah, th this is very much specifically on. Hey, if you wanted to keep an atmosphere, here's yeah, the Venus will keep it. It'll keep it okay. Yeah, Venus will keep it. I mean, is Jupiter a better bet at this this rate? Like, I don't know. It'll it'll grab onto everything. Nothing can leave its grasp. Not even hydrogen. Well, that's pretty much all I have for you. You have any overarching thoughts? I still wish this map had a Z axis because, like, there are so many more interesting things I think I could get from looking at this than just this 2D plot. Oh, like what? Like what you were saying about Venus, how, yes, it does have the ability to hold on to a, a very sophisticated atmosphere, but none of that is conducive to us. It's very unfortunate. And that sounds like there is more of an argument for Mars, but that doesn't address the, the downfalls of Mars not being able to sustain the effort we put into it. It's really unfortunate. Our, our, two good op or our two reasonable options both suck. Especially, like, if we are to try and bring the temperature of Mars in line with us, that makes it worse. Like, that is not something I have thought of before. It's either really cold and, you know, breathable, but you, know, you can't go outside to breathe it. Or, you know, you can go outside, but you won't really have much of an atmosphere to breathe. Which is too bad, but... It is what it is. It's it's physics, and so this is a physics problem, which is harder to get around than a technological problem. Right, because I can wear a spacesuit outside, but that doesn't mean I can natively breathe on Mars. Well, if you like this episode, please consider subscribing or following. You can follow us on Twitter at More Abstract, and you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts. Yeah.